Talking Babies, this is Kimmy Shelter from Starbenders coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, and welcome to season 10 of Interview Under Fire. All right, everyone, I want to welcome you all back to a new episode and the 10th season of Interview Under Fire. I want to give a shout out to all our listeners around the world. Thank you. We would not be here today without your support. Truly means everything. Now, as always, this is Sonny back here once again. And today I have the honor of speaking with an immensely talented individual in Kimmy Shelter. Kimmy, thank you so much for joining our IUF series today. Thanks for having me. Now, this is an important yet exciting time of the year for you and the rest of the crew over at the Majestic Starbenders with the release of your newest single, No One Listen, which dropped here on August 5th through Sumerian Records. And I just want to start things off by commending you on all the well-deserved recognition this is beginning so far. I mean, especially being a quite the follow-up to your 2020 album, uh, Love Potions. Shout out also to the other publications, such as Ellie Weekly, who have praised your work. There's just so much to unravel about this last album cycle, this new single, and who you are all about. Now, before we get to all that and beyond, I know there's a lot um, I'm setting up here. Uh, we talked about it before the interview started, but I know you guys are gearing up for this fall tour with the struts and the sounds, which is one of the most exciting things to see happening again these days, you know, touring. Two things. How are you? And what were the days like for you leading up to confirming this tour? I'm, I'm guessing the anticipation has already kicked in, right? Yeah. Um, myself and the band were doing great. We just kind of been doing what we always do which is getting together and playing music and having fun and and um when we got word that that we were being considered for the tour and that it was looking like it was going to happen and then eventually being told it was going to happen obviously we were very elated about it um the struts is they're one of the coolest rock bands to come out in the last few decades and uh the sounds are just legendary. So it's, it's a really cool combination for us and it's going to allow us to kind of cover different ground in the same run. And yeah. so we're just really looking forward to it and getting back out there and playing and everything. And the cool thing about that lineup is that you guys all compliment each other as far as like getting the rock and roll contemporary sounds on that. We're going to talk about the sound much further down. Now, Kimmy, what I want to do here. I want to wind the clock back to almost a decade back to 2013, because for fans and listeners who may not know, if you could just briefly talk about that moment in your life that led to the inception of Starbenders with Aaron, Chris, and Emily into what you guys are today. Does it feel like everything also just went by in a blink at the same time? It's honestly, my whole life has just kind of been forward movement and doing the next right thing. And it just led me and my band members into one another's lives. It's just been, obviously, when I look back and I even think about like 2013, I'm like, it's, it's like does not compute. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like a different yeah. dimension if you think about that year. Yeah, I mean, I was in a little bit of a dark night of the soul at that time and mm -hmm. was figuring out what I wanted to do with, with my life professionally and was in a band with Aaron that was put together by Nico Constantine, who was Lady Gaga's music director. And he right. was the guitar player from program the dead 
and comes with the fall and all those bands. And so he had like this long um, history in, in rock and roll. And basically when that, when the band that we were in, Aaron and I, when it fell apart, um, I just was all of a sudden like, I can't, I can't let this relationship go. Like I can't, this is it. This is where I want to be. And so I, I went home and wrote a song and sang on it. And I had up until that point, just been a guitar player and um, background harmonies here and there. And I sent it to Nico and he was like, I didn't know you can sing. And I said, I guess I didn't either. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> so, and, um, and so he, he was like, this is amazing. Put a band together, write two more songs like this one and we'll go into the studio next week. So it was kind of, it was really quick. And we had our, our early members that were with us uh, in those, in those days helped us get through those early stages. And then we eventually found our permanent members in Chris and yeah. Emily. And so we were, we were fully formed, especially like once, once Emily joined and then it was like the four kind of lifers at that point. <laughs> yeah, and the chemistry between you four is just uncanny. You know, we're talking about 2013, right? You know, I think about 2013, Kimmy, you've been at this for a while. And, and by that, I mean, like even the touring life, you know, you've done some extensive touring throughout your career. You know, you've toured with some of my favorite bands. You've toured with, you know, Rose Garden Funeral Party, you know, you and I or uni had however you say that, uh, Alice yeah. in Chains, Pally Royale, Danny Worsnop over the years. What is it about, you know, performing live that you love the most or maybe even miss the most considering we're getting back into this right now with the touring? Do you have a newfound appreciation about it now? I, I hadn't lost sight of what was special about it before. There was a certain element of realizing that what we've all gone through this past year and a half would probably weed out the people who had become jaded. Mm. And from a sociological perspective, I was curious about what the, you know, what the territory would look like on the other side, which I will be seeing soon, you know? Yeah. But um, I just, it's just what you do. And there are some artists who aren't too into touring like Kate Bush famously didn't want to tour. I think she only did one big tour, if I'm not mistaken, and just wanted to be a performing artist from there on out. And she was able to do that. Um, but there's, that's definitely not us, you know, and <laughs> we are able to really let people know what we're about through our live show. A lot of times when people see us for the first time, they don't really expect it to be as energetic as it is. Face melting like, experience. Yeah, I guess because we have we have kind of like the gothy um, sort of witchy vibe, but our background and our roots for the most part is in punk and metal. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's it's that level of energy and um, chutzpah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, uh, the thing about what makes Starbenders Starbenders is the live presence that you guys put on stage. I mean, for as far as I'm concerned, I, I have yet to see you guys live. Obviously, I talk about I'm dying for that moment to happen. I can't wait for it to happen, obviously. And I've seen just the reactions from the fans. I mean, on your countless videos that I've seen on YouTube, it's 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 so great to see you guys just finished uh, playing a show in Nashville, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. um, how I mean, how was that? I mean, I mean, uh, Music City, right? That's like 
talking about getting back into touring, that's definitely the way to start things off. Like, how was that experience? I'm sure you've been in Nashville before. Yeah, we've Nashville's right up the road from us. So it's a little bit of a second home. And that show was really awesome. We were able to play with a, a friend of ours from back in Atlanta, Tuck Smith. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just a really cool show. And a, a lot of people's first show back out. And we were able to see a lot of people that we hadn't seen in a long time. Everyone was dressed to the nines and just ready to turn up. So it was fun. <laughs> yeah, just simple things like that, like going to a show. It, it, it seems like, you know, little things like that you start to really appreciate as we move forward here in 2021, going into next year. Now, this is something I want to get your take on. And obviously you've seen this for the last year and a half is live streaming. We're talking about touring, right? And we've had other artists come on IUF, like, you know, Devin Townsend or Treyu, August Burns Red, like so many bands. They came on IUF and they talked about their experiences on, you know, selling virtual tickets to the fans and pre-recording a stream or live streaming, however the situation may be. But with the amount of touring you've done, Kimi, the the venues have played at, the fans you've seen, just the cities you've been in. Do you think what we all saw from the rise of the quarantine induced to live streaming, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward through your perspective? Like, do you still see bands doing something like this as a regular thing as we going to next year i think that there's going to be people that find that a much better way and that's all good and well for them but we fucking hated that shit i mean we we get off on the energy of the crowd and and just the vibe and the you know the shitty dirty bathrooms and the abusive bartenders, you know, <laughs> and all this it's part of, of the experience, right? Yeah. It's part of the experience and like getting to meet our fans and, you know, actually get to like, look them in the face and all of that kind of stuff. But that's, that's our ticket. So it's not something that, you know, I think that we are kind of happily leaving that in the rear view, but there's definitely going to be people and different artists that were that, that worked for, you know, yeah. and, it, and, I think that it's, it's just, we're all, we're all different. Music's so different and technology has made it to where you can truly craft your experience the way that you want to. And so long as it's in our control, we definitely want it to be a live and in-person thing. <laughs> and yeah. And there's no wrong answer to what you just said, because I've yeah. had so many talented individuals like yourself come on here and tell me. Uh, yeah, I would love to do live streaming. It gives me a chance to engage with my fans. And some people would say, I'm not doing shit until all this is over. Right. So yeah. there's always that uncertainty going forward. I remember I love, and I love telling the story exactly a year ago, uh, ironically a year ago, I went to, I don't know if you knew about this Metallica did this for one weekend live streaming for all the driving theaters around mm-hmm. the nation. Uh, Dallas sold out immediately. And luckily a friend of mine had a ticket and I was like, should I go? Should I not go? I'm like, okay, sure. We'll get there. And then when you get there, um, you know, it felt like an actual concert turnout, you know, we're like what, six months into, into this pandemic and people were getting beers they were, they were meeting up and they were conversing with each other. And then what happens? You sit in your car, in your backseat, in, in the seat. And then, and then, and then you sit in front of this drive-in theater. The point of me telling you this is just, it starts to really seep in like, and then Metallica comes on, which was great, great experience. But what's one of the things we see like at a metal at a metal show, just a rock show? Hey, let me see all those horns, right? And you see just fans doing this. It's just a sea of horns. And 
And uh, you get that adrenaline rush when you're on stage. It, it's unmatched. And I remember three days grace open, right? And they said, uh, hey, let me hear you guys honk your horn. So if you roll your window down, you just hear cars honking just in silence, just in the darkness. It just felt so, I don't know, it made me miss the live experience even more. And again, back to my point, it you can't replace the live presence, especially what you guys exhibit, the energy that you feed off of the crowd with Starbenders. It's it's unmatched, you know? Um, so I don't know if you knew about that, just that, that whole experience. That, that was very interesting. I don't, I don't know if I'll ever relive that again, but right. that's definitely, you know, just little things like that just to really stand out. Yeah, and, that's, uh, that's my take on it. It's like, all right, done, got it, great, moving on, you know? And like, <laughs> we, it, it did allow us to kind of, explore a different side of ourselves like some of the acoustic stuff that we we were <laughs> forced to do i heard uh, that i remember that <laughs> yeah like uh you did it like well actually from from metalocalypse i don't know if you ever watched that yes, but when yes they called it we're like the, the right person grandpa's guitars is you know so it's like we were just like you know when they have to like make the lake demon go back into the lake anyways so we're gonna have to talk about we're gonna have to put like one yeah. episode aside <laughs> yeah. so we could just talk yeah. about that show just alone because yeah. i feel like that's a whole yeah. rabbit hole we could dive into <laughs> oh yeah definitely <laughs> but yeah so i mean that was that was funny you know and it was like another thing where it was like you know we were we were like oh shit we gotta do some acoustic songs and i'm like i have a mandolin and the band's like you play mandolin <laughs> you know i'm like yeah yeah i play mandolin and um and hey, you know, mandolin's we, awesome all right yeah uh, don't get him mistaken <laughs> oh yeah they they uh they just had no idea and um and we we uh hooked up a emily's drum pedal to an old vintage suitcase and she was using that for her kick drum and Love you it. know so we i think we did like three or four songs like that um for uh oh god i can't remember who what they were called but they're on youtube yeah i know there are there are a few of them that um i think most of them were like the, the singles that you guys first released off of love potions they were just um acoustic, it's like cover, acoustic. yeah like cover me holy mother yeah yeah um mm -hmm. yeah but I, I think you guys did a great job you know we're, uh, and as far as the music is concerned i want to you know, uh, change venues here because uh, staying busy during the pandemic was definitely an important thing, right? You know, now, Kimmy, I, I believe this is something you take to heart for people who don't know. And that is, you guys are advocates for various charitable causes through music and performing. And, and by that, I mean, there were nonprofits that you've worked with, which include uh, Children of the Night, uh, Girls Rock Camp, uh, Open the Door Inc., uh, What Am I Missing?, uh, Lost and Found Youth, just to name a few. Uh, talk about this for a second, because I wonder how has all this been in particular, and how is that holding up holding up for you? What is your biggest personal takeaway from these experiences? From working with the charities? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, homelessness, and especially homelessness that affects um, the youth and everything mm -hmm. like that is something that we really wish we could do something about so we felt that the best way to do it was to just align with different causes and children of the night is for um child sex trafficking yeah so which actually ties a lot into homelessness as well because a lot of homeless lgbtqia plus youth end up going into um they get pulled into sex trafficking because they are kicked out of their houses and they're on the streets and so that's and lost and found out of atlanta is that's who they um, primarily work with. Yeah, yeah. So 
I think that especially in Atlanta, like our, the homelessness is really crazy here. And where I live, it's literally next to one of the biggest encampments um, in the country. And it's really surreal. And it's hard to just continue your life, you know, with, with seeing this every day. And so we just, to kind of balm those feelings, we step into action. And so, yeah, we've been, I mean, working with those organizations has been great. And obviously we love to be able to do more and work with them further in the future and keep doing more. So, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things where it's just tough, you know, it's really tough. And it's something that I, something that I feel like affects a lot of people. Um, and they're, they're just kind of the forgotten people, you know? Yeah. And thank you for sharing, by the way, that was something I was very interested in. And, uh, I love that you're doing something like this and it, it really shows dedication to your craft and shows that there are other things, you know, important in this world that people don't really know about. And I feel like it was an important thing to talk about. Can like the listeners and followers, uh, can they also join in on this as far as, you know, helping out with these charities? Do you have a link or anything like that that you guys you are? You can go check them out. Um, I mean, there's Children of the Night and then Lost and Found Youth. Yeah. And uh, my sister's house out of Atlanta, which helps, uh, it's a homeless women's shelter. But really in your own town, a good thing to do is to put together different toiletries, unused toiletries, obviously, and things like that and figure out who to bring them to at a shelter. Cause a lot of times these people are dealing with mental illness and different things. And it's not the safest thing to just walk into a camp and give it to them. So in order to kind of bypass even that and, and help you figure out where you're supposed to donate this stuff to, you can even do like a little drive with your friends and just have them bring like tampons, pads, um, you know, any hygienic, product and you know you can bring those to a women's shelter or like figure out where your shelter is in town and um i also uh volunteer at the food bank when i can which the food bank's great because you can kind of get to see like the inner workings of like some of these bigger organizations and like pass the food out to people and those people aren't aren't they're just families that that you know, need a little help feeding their, their families. But I think that everyone should be able to eat and um, right. have a place to stay, you know, yeah. and basic human needs. And so that's just something that we try to figure out how to help as much as possible while also like accepting the reality of, of what a lot of these people are experiencing and facing so not putting ourselves at risk because um, a lot of people think you can just walk into a camp and be like, oh, I'm going to rescue you, you know, and it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that, you know, no, no, you got to be smart about it. I mean, you have to still be, you have to still be smart about it. Use your awareness and your discernment, you know, especially yeah. if you're a, a woman, you know, you can't, you can't just think you can do that shit. So anyways so that's that's some of what we've done <laughs> no i love it I, I i'm glad that that's that's something that you do again and it's i hope it can you know feed energy into other people who can maybe follow in your footsteps and helping other people out and it's just helping someone i feel like there's just a lot to ask for these days but it really pays that much of a difference in just one life you know and 
yeah, it's 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 awesome that you got that you guys do that. Now uh, we talked about everything except the music. You know, uh, love potions. I want to I want to take it back to love potions because this dropped February fourteenth of last year through Sumerian, and then of course you have no one listen, which dropped a couple weeks back on August fifth. Now I know it's been eighteen months, Kimmy, but this is a record that needs to be talked about for a while because with love potions pun intended, I actually fell in love with this record because <laughs> I really did. I really dig that this was dropped on Valentine's Day. Before we get into the nitty gritty of this gem, this was your first record with Sumerian, which makes you uh, label mates alongside bands like Smash Your Pumpkins, Palette Royale, Poppy, Nita mm-hmm. Strauss, Circus Survive. What is it like signing with such a renowned label like Sumerian to kick things off with a new album? It's really cool. They've been wonderful and have really fostered us and helped us get to the next level um, just by providing us the ability to be ourselves and be creative and the process of making love potions felt long but it wasn't really it was it came together pretty quickly and we were just super excited about it and it was funny that we put it out on February 14th because a month later the world shut down you know so we did our record release show in Atlanta for it. And that was the last show that we did, um, you know, until everything opened back up. Um, and I think, I think it was 18 months exactly from that show to the, the next one that we did. So, I mean, nobody really expects that that's going to happen, but uh, we did our best. We just tried to make as many music videos and, and um, things that we could do under under uh the our abilities so <laughs> yeah and uh this is the follow-up to 2016's uh heavy petting and for the next minute came i want you to hear me out because can we just give a shout out to your talented bandmates aaron chris and emily because i feel <laughs> like they don't get enough credit as they went above and beyond with you on this record. I mean, I wish this was the soundtrack to glow. <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard that before, but yeah. uh, that, I mean, it's, it's such a great, uh, just a combination between the two, you know, from songs like hanging on tight to Holy mother to push to uh, can't cheat time to one of us, which is my personal favorite. The last one on that <laughs> record, you know, you blended in these sounds of punk and rock and roll and pop punk with 70s glitter and 80s glam at the same time it get, really gives contemporary rock and roll to me a breath of fresh air and i mentioned the other artists signed with sumerian earlier right a uh, great job sumerian because no one is doing what you guys are doing especially you vocally and you're doing it well i mean i could hear you sing all day but walk me through this kimmy how much did things change from when you first started composing on love potions to where you ended up finishing it was there already a specific sound you guys had in mind with this album Um, No, I just honestly, so I'm basically the architect, if you will, and I will build the structure and the bandmates, it's, it's, they, they put all the meat on the bones and everything like that. And we work really, you know, we work all together after the point of it being um, initially written. And so honestly, we I would just come to them and be like, play that, play a demo that I would have written, you know, and then we would pre-pro it, work it up, build it up, jam it, get it to where it needed to be, record it. And um, working closely with our producer, Nico, Nico Constantine the whole time. And uh, so we just, and it just, it just is like a group of songs and that's how we've always done it. We have a pretty high output, like compared to most bands, like we've been able mm-hmm. to like release a lot of music, which, 
some some people would say is a good and a bad thing. And Bruce Springsteen um, said something about screaming your genius into the void. And sometimes, you know, it can feel like that, you know, just because our our output is so high. But it's we believe that things happen when they're meant to happen and in yeah. due time. And um, so really, it's just following the the cosmic breadcrumbs until you get to the end and then your label and your a and r's they say okay we have a record and then that's that you know so you, yeah. we just kept you just keep kind of going through material until until there's a record there you know yeah and more star benders for this world i mean that's a good thing i know i'm just one of millions <laughs> yeah. fans out there and obviously with this uh new standalone single that dropped no one listened at least a couple of weeks ago. And this is, that was quite the follow-up to Love Potions. Now, is it just me or did it feel like an encore to Love Potions to you as well? Well, I, I mean, it's cool that it felt that way. I never really try to put, put myself in a box with like, okay, I need to follow this up. I, you know, I sit down and write because that's what I do. I just sit yeah. down and write, you know? So if one, if one comes before the other, that's just, that's just the birthing order. Yeah, that's you know? just the way it is. Yeah, that's just there's you got the eldest, the middle child, you know. So um it's just it's all coming from the same people. So it's going to have those different elements to it, but we'll still have that fabric and that framework of being from us. And yeah. we've just been really blessed with the ability to be creative and expressive and everything like that. And especially between Nico and working with Sumerian and Ash and everybody over at Sumerian, they've just been super encouraging and, and allowed us to be artists, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I think it's time we talk about Nico now, right? Cause you mentioned <laughs> it throughout and Nico, good Lord. Uh, uh, as far as the production for the album and the single, the sound was on point, by the way, Kimmy. I didn't have to mess with any EQ levels. I love that you guys had this old school feeling too. And I really appreciated that. It played a swift nod to those bands from the 80s. And with Nico, for people who don't know, you mentioned it, I, you know, Lady Gaga, he's known for his work with Lady Gaga and Biters and Program the Dead and Madfly. Did he work on this new single as well? Yeah, he's he's been our producer on every song and um, everything's been on that record on love potions was mixed by Will Breer yeah. out of LA. And so we've basically used the same team um, on down the line. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that there was that sense of comfortability in the studio for you, knowing you had someone like Nico working on the songs you have. I feel like you guys really have kind of just formed this chemistry between artist and producer. And now you guys kind of just found that match and, you know, yeah. moving forward within your career. He's our fifth Beatle. And um, I love that. Yeah. And I think that maybe because everything's disposable and made out of plastic now, a lot of people are kind of conditioned to just throw things away or maybe get something new just because. But our whole thing has been about finding what works and building the trust and the loyalty within our organization and using that to really fuel our momentum. And that's honestly where our momentum comes from. It's just about having a really good team yeah. and not wanting to fix something that's not broken, you know? Yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, Nico for, for doing what he does. And, you know, between writing and structuring the songs and the production process, like we just talked about, 
Uh, Kimi, you mentioned how Love Potions was an album that opened things up for you as a writer and as a singer while becoming more confident yet vulnerable. You know, the lyricism throughout Love Potions, origins of that center around, you know, capturing this sort of restless, relentless side of your spirit, including your bandmates also, you know, especially at a time like today, you know, sure your true spirit, no matter what's being thrown at you. I mean, you have a song like One of Us. I'm going to start with my favorite one because uh, it is about, you know, feeling safe in the chaos, having each other. And then you have a song like Can't Cheat Time. Um, that's the next one that came to my, my mind because that music video, I love that uh, you mentioned how there was a love letter to the mom and pop businesses oh, yeah, that yeah. shaped and supported your very existence. Even me, you know, I can definitely relate to that. And then you have this new single, No One Listened, which is very endemic. Shout out to the people who feel like they have no control. And while we are together, we're not alone. I know those are just a couple of songs, but I began to second guess if there is something tangible, like a theme to your songwriting. I feel like there's a few of them happening here. Is that right? Are themes important to you? They Loaded question, I, I know. Yeah, um, it's always been something that I've allowed to leave open to interpretation. I think that when you're an artist, um, it's important to not get super hung up on people interpreting it the exact same way that you want them to hear it and feel it and see it. And I think that that can really fuck with your your vision and your kind of power source, because to me, it's all about keeping the power source alive. As far as creativity and writing goes, you have to really protect the magic. And when you're writing, you're not really sure where it's coming from, but it's one of those things where if you feel like if you stop to rationalize it and reason with it, you could, you could mess it up. Like part of the nature of it is not knowing Mm. and, just allowing to come out whatever comes out. And if you have this team and band members that you trust a lot, that's always safe hands. And then the world kind of takes it from there. And so when I sit down, sometimes like, I'll be like, I'll think in terms of tempos, like, okay, let me, I'm going to write a fast one or, you know, a slow one, or a, I need to write a real fast one. So Emily has something to do. For <laughs> you know? oh, Emily, Emily, I think. She yeah. Anyway, oh yeah. No, I, there's, that's, there's definitely that. I'm like, okay, I gotta, you know, like, so um, that's kind of like how it is, but a lot of times, especially with those songs and Chris uh, is actually who thought of the name love potions for the record. So that was an example of, somebody outside of me like looking at it as a collective like oh shit these are this is all this is a concept record kind of you know so um it's really just about that about placing myself in an environment where I know I'm going to be safe and 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 then whatever happens happens do you see no go ahead go ahead and that way my resources manage to remain full so i know that every single time i go sit in the chair i can write something cool you know so it's just the way it goes Uh, yeah uh what i was gonna say is god uh everything you're telling me because my head's about to explode because (laughs) do you see love potions as even this new single as a snapshot of where you are in a certain time of your life would it be safe to say that yeah i I think of it like snakeskin like um you know, that like a snake sheds its skin in order to grow. And then you right. see this fucking 
crazy thing on a trail and you're like oh my god is that I'm a just, snake oh no i'm thinking of the movie i'm thinking of the movie alien yeah. where you see the- yeah. so you're like you're like oh that's not the snake that's what the snake used to be so it's like to me that's what songs are it's just like you can kind of it's it's like just pages out of our lives and we've been luckily and lucky enough to go forward as individuals and as human beings as musicians we've been allowed to go forward and i do think that you know forward motion is not guaranteed to everyone you know and so we're just really grateful about being able to know that each day we're always it's always going to be some sort of movement forward it's not going to be you know and you look at it how a boat crosses like a body of water if it has to go from point a to point b it doesn't just go in a straight line it's like you know because it has to like yeah all the wind and the tides and that's what a music career is and and sometimes when you have to tack back it feels like you're going backwards but you're not you just can't get caught up you can't get caught up in the changing winds and tides you just gotta fucking know that you're going somewhere and just trust that that there's some sort of divine um magnet that's pulling you toward your destiny and we truly feel i don't even know what the question was anymore i <laughs> know you're, you're on a roll here so i'm not yeah. sure <laughs> we truly feel that that this is where we're meant to be and what we're meant to be doing and so our only job and responsibility at that point is to make sure that the people that are around us that we know their intention to the best of our ability and that we trust and just go forward and just be artists because there's so much uncertainty and unknown especially with creativity and writing a lot Mm -hmm. of times people prevent themselves from from ever writing anything because they're so terrified of how it's going to be received i used to be like that i I was in film school for three years so i can totally relate to that it's uh (laughs) Good Lord, you nailed it right on the head. Uh, yeah, ahead, and but, yeah, you just have to know, you just have to know where it came from within you and, and completely surrender it and just know that you're going to grow from that point and just let it be that snake skin, you know, and, yeah. and that's it. And you just got to like, let it rip. <laughs> yeah. All we're missing is like just a drink right now as we're talking about everything. Oh, yeah, it's like my big ass <laughs> I got coffee here, but I mean, it's like one or one o'clock in the yeah. afternoon, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Kimmy, uh, from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline that you have taken in, which we have discussed about, you know, whether it's being in a band that's been through the hard work and the success, playing for as long as you have, and and the fans and artists and people you have met and worked with doing all these years and the handful amount of tours, your relationship with your bandmates like we talked about. I'm mm-hmm. I'm so excited to see where you guys go from here. You know, here we are, new chapter with a second album, new label. As a musician as a front woman, hell, as a human being, have your aspirations changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry? Like, do you see things differently today? Kind of. Um, I, you know, maybe from, maybe because I've gained so much more emotional maturity and things like that of like we, what we just talked about, like being like getting out of that hyper-focus on how things are going to be received or interpreted or, um, being focused on things that, um, we don't have any control of, 
I've just managed to find myself in a position where I've redefined success. Mm. And especially after this last year and a half, seeing my band members still getting together, like we're still getting together and playing four days a week for, you know, three hours of rehearsal. We didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. We were still getting together. I would put crowd noise on the PA. So we'd awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I, I actually picked that up because that's what they were doing for athletes at that time when athletes would be practicing and stuff, they would put crowd sounds on. Yeah. I think they did that for the entire NFL season last year, which, yeah. was, which is weird at first, but I, I, I see, I see the, it really, yeah. it really sets in your uh, mental focus too. Yeah, it reminds you of, of what, what is still there without like getting super caught up in all of the unknown and the fear. And so that's just been something that's really changed and informed my definition of success today. As of right now at, I think at three 30, my band members are going to be walking in the door and we're going to like be playing through our half stacks, you know, and, like, like there's nothing happening in the world and getting to tune it out, you know? And so that's success now. And there's just different, there's different markers for it. And as a musician in this world, it's like, you know, I think that the days of jet planes and suitcases full of uncut Colombian cocaine (laughs) are, are probably gone out the window for the time being, you know, but everything's on a wheel. So it's like, everything has its timing and comes back around, you know? So, yeah, I I began to think if you weren't a musician, what would you do be, what would you be doing right now? Has that ever crossed your mind? Well, I've, I've done, I've kind of tinkered around before and it was like a little bit of a reverse thing for me. Mm -hmm. And, and so there's just, this is just, is what it is. Like, this is where I've continued to be pointed to, and the same with my band members, like we all have just continued to be pointed to this. And that's, we're just trying to honor the, the gifts that we've been given and honor the, the fact that the universe has continued to support us and show us that all we need to do is step out over the abyss and that we will be caught, you know, and that's what it's all about. You just got to like, you just have to go, you know, and having band members that you really love and care about is so important. And we have, we do have such a close bond and that's been something that's really rare and beautiful. And, you know, we'll talk to guys every once in a while and then they'll be like talking about fighting or, you know, different things like within their bands. And, you know, we really don't deal with any of that. And, Mm -hmm. um, have have just like really good relationships and all kind of we we complement each other in different ways and know when know when stuff does get weird because when you're in a van together for like you know 18 hours sometimes shit can get a little weird but most of the time we just get more goofy you know so it's just we just kind of know how crazy it is to be doing what we're doing and, and are able to be there for one another. So that's something that's like more, more important than anything. Uh, I, you know, I come from a family of musicians and uh, uh, to your point, like I always found my, it's like, you know, 
things have a way of working themselves out. In other words, you know, I, I started off engineering, Kimmy, you know, yeah. in school and I, you know, I played the violin and bass growing up, you know, both mm -hmm. of my brothers are drummers, you know, uh, my mom's a recording artist. She's a singer back home. And, and now, you know, it's just kind of just, I, I found my calling, you know, I, music was just something that was just in my blood. And like you said, it's, it's important to us to take advantage of the gifts that we've been given and yeah. uh, uh, looking over the abyss. I love the metaphors you've thrown out throughout this entire interview. I'm going to use that going forward because <laughs> you've nailed it right on the head. Uh, this has been yeah. such an honor. I know you got band practice coming up, but before yeah. we finish things off here, you know, uh, usually I, I end my interview with a really cool note, but we've touched on themes and here and so forth. You know, I, I do begin to think about, Kimmy, like what are five favorite albums or even movies you can think of at the top of your head that you might want to share? I'll, I'll, I'll have you pick if you, if Just you can't off pick the very top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Things that I love Donnie Darko. Oh gosh. Donnie Darko's the shit. Classic. Um, I've trauma bonded with Harry Potter. Like I'm obsessed with Harry Potter. Um, uh, favorite. But, which one's your favorite movie? Probably. Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait. Let me count down. Let me do three, two, one. And we'll both say it. Art. Okay. okay. You got it. All right. Yes. Okay. Three, two, one. Prisoner Raskaban, yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Finally, yeah, I love Prisoner Raskaban. I like it because it's got it still has that like childhood wonderment in it, but it still hasn't it hasn't turned completely dark yet. So you still have some of the like the nice the nice stuff going on and the friendship, but after Goblet of Fire, it's just like really you know, dark. <laughs> And, and so, yeah, no, I'm totally trauma bonded with, with Harry Potter. Like, you I see, I'm, I, like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like stroking my chin right now. I'm like, yeah, I'm dying yeah. to like, talk about this even more. So, so this is kind of a quick side story, but, um, for my birthday a couple years ago, I told the band, I was like, you know what? Normally I don't make a big deal out of my birthday, but I want to do something for my birthday. And that's all I'm going to say. And, um, that was that. And then we went out to dinner on the night of my birthday and, um, they, the Emily's like, why don't you ride back in my truck and, um, I'll give you back a ride back home. And I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. Cause it's out of your way. And, you know, I'm instantly like trying to like make it more convenient for right, her. Right. You know, and I'm like, no, that's, that's no, whatever. And she's like, no, you need to ride in my truck. And so like, it got to the point where they were like, you're riding in Emily's truck. And so, um, I got in there and I started hearing the Harry Potter music. She started playing it and the band, you know, the band members are in there, um, Chris and Aaron. And I turn around and they're both wearing wizard hats <laughs> and they put a, they put a wizard hat on me yeah. and give me a headwood, a headwig and a wand. And so we're, they're like, I was like, where are we going? And so we start driving down 85, like with the windows down, like da, 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 like all of us in wizard hats and then we pull up to this place and I walk in and she had found this Harry Potter Airbnb and it was like fully, what? yeah, it was like fully themed with Harry Potter and they had like all of the movies, like all of it was themed. It was decked out. They had cloaks, like they had gotten me cupcakes and Tito's and all this stuff. And so they really, I was like, man, y'all aren't going to be able to top that shit ever again. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you have just a picture of this night of, of you? In I that do, night? but I will never share it. <laughs> I do, oh but goodness. I will never share. It's like, 
like it, it's it, sacred it's sacred yeah whole, yeah I, I totally respect that on. yeah but it was so fucking great and um yeah so anyways that's my harry potter tip. where was that airbnb if if you're able to share that because it was that, in Atlanta. Like- it was like somewhere i think it was somewhere on the west side of atlanta um it was awesome though it was like they had like bunk beds or like the rooms were like even set up like sheesh like, i got it okay yeah uh, I have a friend of mine who lives out in Atlanta. I want to ask her about yeah. this if she knows about this Harry Potter you, Airbnb. Yeah, if you if you just probably googled like Harry Potter Airbnb. Airbnb yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you been to Have you been to Harry Potter World? Obviously, that was no. The I haven't, <laughs> but someday I will. Okay, I haven't either. Yeah. So uh, that's definitely on my. That's like a bucket list thing nowadays. But uh, anyway, yeah. gosh, that was like a. Okay, what was that? Two movies? Is that, is that does that count There's as two? two movies. Donnie Darko and Harry Potter. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, all right. So. I guess music off the top of my head. Um, I guess like the two bands that were super influential to me growing up that I like listened to nonstop was placebo and him. I was obsessed oh, with him. him. I'm, oh, still, I'm still obsessed with him. That, that throws me back to uh, gosh, was that middle school? Yeah, or if high you school? Put, it, yeah. If you put love potions on, slow motion like if you don't set it to the actual speed and you put it on the slower speed every fucking song sounds like a hymn song it's so funny it's like emily was like man this really emily was like she sent me videos she's like this really reveals your influences okay i know i know what i just sent my players i know what i'm doing for after this interview yeah because i I had no idea yeah yeah i love i love that i love those two bands like I grew up and it was really funny because I was so young when I first started listening to placebo I didn't yeah. know how to say it and I went to my older sister and I was like have you heard of place <laughs> and she was like what yeah. the hell are you talking about and I was like placebo she's like that's placebo you idiot <laughs> and here's the thing this I'm, I'm this is going to be on all streams out there let's hope there's a tour with you and him like holy crap yeah uh, if they- I'm they had their farewell tour, which the biters actually did in Europe um, a couple of years ago, but maybe they'll be tempted and want to go back out, which would be awesome. We would also love to do that. My chemical romance tour, like, cause that's an, you know, that's one that's an old reunion tour. So. Yeah. And I love that you guys just blended so many different sounds. You could really be on any tour really to be real. Um, uh, Kimmy, this has been again, an honor. Thank you again for just doing this. Like, I can't wait till we do this in person. You know, I miss yeah. doing in-person interviews. I can't wait. Hopefully you guys come to Dallas as soon as possible. Yeah, I think that we should be there. I would think that we would be hitting Dallas on, on the struts tour, but I can't. I, I, I think you guys are hitting up Austin. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, but I mean, let, let's see how that goes. Hopefully I can, maybe I can make my way out there. Yeah. In Austin. I have so many friends who live out there. Uh, do yeah. you have any uh, last words, just any shout outs, anything you'd like to plug in or mention as far as star vendors before we finish things off? Obviously yeah, we have that tour you have coming up this fall. Yeah, we've, we're going to be out on the road and be releasing more music and um, more content in these next few months. So just don't be afraid. Come see us. Please come see them. <laughs> come talk to <laughs> us and um, stay positive, stay strong, and don't lose sight of what makes you happy. Yeah. And watch Harry Potter. And watch Harry Potter. <laughs> watch when Harry you're Potter. Bad, so you do can trauma bond with it. <laughs> I, I love that. Our Prisoner of Azkaban was the movie that you yeah. said. I love yeah. that movie. Um, 
man uh uh this has been great now kimmy let's i would love to stay in touch with you on the socials so once this episode airs i'll keep you posted obviously okay. we'll we'll count down the days and then when we when we see each other first we're like remember when we did the interview during the pandemic yes. and all that um <laughs> yes. and everyone who's listening this is the legendary yes legendary kimmy shelter from starbenders uh love potions is out now go listen to no one listen pun intended uh, it's out now and if you could do me and Kimmy a favor buy the records because it really helps out the artists the bands can't do it without your help this has been a trying time for everyone helping each other is an easier said than done process but it's mm-hmm. it, it goes a long way uh, Kimmy uh, you be safe out there have a great practice today give your bandmates a shout out for me give them a hug oh. and all the love uh, go rip it go fucking crazy just play it with passion and uh, I'll see you next time alright alright sounds good Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.